Today we are uh, in week two during the month of uh, October here of our generosity uh, devotional that we're doing together. We handed out uh, books, uh, was it last week, uh, of our new program that we're doing as a devotional, daily devotional. If you have not gotten yours, make sure you pick it up at the uh, counter on the way you go, before you go home today. And it's just a daily devotional that you follow along, week one, week two, week three, whatever, of, of, uh, that we're doing it each day. This is uh, week number two. And uh, read along with it and read the scriptures and, uh, you know, get the message that's in there. Uh, last week, my brother Eddie kicked it off. Did you all enjoy my brother Eddie? Yeah. Didn't your eyes burn looking at him, though? It was like, ah, ah. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, now I told you uh, two weeks ago before we started the campaign that what we're doing this year is we're doing something pretty different, radically different in a sense, in that every year we do a uh, annual campaign where we take pledges and stuff like that to kind of help us meet our basic goals and be able to do some outreach stuff every year. And then uh, people make take pledges and every month they bring the money in and stuff like that. But Historically, and this isn't just on our church, this is churches across the board. Historically, churches do a very, very poor job uh, of tracking and following through on their commitments and stuff. And it really gets kind of be a drag. I think people kind of have giving ADD today. They just, unless it's not right in front of their face, they forget about it. And we kind of stay in this limbo all year long of just trying to make the basic budgets. And it's hard for us to really reach out and do some of the really special things that's on our heart to do. So we thought this year what we're going to do instead of making a big pledge and stuff like that and, uh, is uh, gathering together and uh, we're going to get all the campuses together for one big church service. Uh, and we, have, we don't have enough room in any one building to do that. So we've rented out the KI Center for November 8th. All the campuses together are gathering together. It should be a riot as we get together and we're going to be celebrating uh, Celebration Church and what God is doing in our lives. And uh, we have our program, it's called the 135 program. One church, three cities, five locations, but yet all one church. And uh, getting together and celebrating what God is doing and challenging people to do something extra above and beyond their regular giving where we take the one, three, and three, one, three, and five and are challenging people to trust God to be able to give either $100 $300 or $500, each adult challenging them to come up uh, with that uh, amount of money. And hopefully we just do a one-time deal and then raise enough just to so that we can meet our budget. See, because when you can't meet the basic budget, then you struggle. And the reason why we struggle along with so many other churches is because of the inconsistency of people's giving. People give when they're here. When they're not here, they don't give. Summer comes, they don't give. You know, they, to them, giving's like, a, you know, a cover charge to hear the band or something. I don't know what they're thinking. But to, and if you're like that, don't be like that, okay? I mean, I talk about this over and over again, and obviously it must zing go over most people's heads, but try and be consistent. Be faithful. This is an important part of your Christian uh, walk, is your consistent giving. One of the best things you can do for a lot of people now, because they do stuff online with their uh, bills and stuff like that, is just automatically do this on, online. So whether you're here or not, uh, the giving stays consistent and it can help us do what we need to do. Anyway, it is what it is. And then we've got unexpected expenses like, you know, the huge amount of snow removal last year. And that really gets expensive with our parking lot and stuff. So uh, just what all we're trying to do is get just that basic extra step so that we can just nail all that stuff. So now we can focus on giving to the poor, reaching out, 
preaching uh, uh, in places maybe we haven't been able to before, helping each other out financially. But you can't do those things if you don't take care of the basic needs. So we need, we just want to do this and get this done and out of the way. Now, when I did this two weeks ago, I had one brother, a wonderful guy, who came up to me and said, uh, you know, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give 5000 if you give 5000 And I looked at him and I thought, I don't want to give 5000 <laughs> Uh, well, first of all, it shows what a great heart he has, you know, and, and willing to do this. And I heard that several people were thinking about doing this. Now, if you can do that, look, some people in this congregation, obviously, you know, you could add a zero to any one of those. You could do a thousand, three thousand, or five thousand. Well, that's great. That's not the majority of people. And some of you, you're such a low part, you got to knock off a zero, you know. But uh, I, I, wa- I just wanted to communicate. Because I've heard other people going around trying to challenge others to give a lot of money this time. I just want you to take just a little caution here. And this is odd when a preacher tries to talk you out of giving money. And I'm not trying to talk you out of giving money. But this is not a big capital campaign. We're not trying to raise $3 million to build a new school. Or we're not trying to raise a bunch of money to pay down the debt on the church. All that kind of stuff. That's good to do from time to time. And we may do that sometime. And when we do that, that's when we come to you and say, hey man... Belly up to the bar. I mean, come on. Let's, let's really give sacrificially. What can you really do? It might hurt, but something that you really go that extra mile. Then we might do that, but that's not what this is. I'm not asking for any one person to bleed profusely during this gathering that we're trying to do. What I'm trying to do is get everybody to do something. If everybody does one of those numbers, we will have no problem. The struggle is our church like the majority of churches in america this isn't to beat you up but it's to challenge you our churches like the majority of churches in america where about 15 percent of the people carry the 80 percent of the load 80 to 90 percent of the load that means the vast majority of people give little to nothing now it's a struggle all churches deal with and uh, just like ours and all i know to do is to talk to you about it and challenge you about it and trust me nobody hates talking about money more than me i hate it because it's the rap on preachers i just after our money just after our money oddly enough the people who complain the most about that are the ones who never give any money it's true we had one person lately complain i'm not giving us money we checked his giving records i'll do that from time to time (laughs) in 10 years they'd given 40 dollars 10 years that's less than five dollars a year. I mean, dude, you can find more money than that looking for change along the street for crying out loud. And they're the ones complaining, I don't like this idea of giving a hundred dollars. That's a little extreme. Oh, come on. For crying out loud. <clears throat> I wasn't already going bald. It would make me go bald. So, so let's, let's everybody do something. A hundred dollar teenager can come with a hundred dollars in 30 days if he puts his mind to it. Come on. Every adult should be able to do at least a hundred. If you got a decent job at all, three hundred, five. It's not that much money. If everybody just, and we're just talking this one time extra giving. And here's the deal. I don't know how many of you will respond. Quite reality is a lot of time it's like talking to a wall. Uh, and if that means we got to come back and do it again in the spring, we'll do it again in the spring. And if you give $5,000 here and I come back to you in the spring, you're going to beat me to death. All right? No one's asking anyone to kill themselves. All I'm asking you to do, everybody do 
something. An extra one-time something. Hopefully it'll be enough. We can just not have to worry about it for a year. If we need to do it again in the spring, then so be it. But let's all do something. A church our size should have no problem meeting our budgets. We don't spend that much money for a church our size. And I travel all over the country, all the time, see churches half our size with double the budgets that we have. We are pretty lean, mean machines here in Wisconsin. And nobody's being paid outrageous salaries or we're not, you know, spending money like drunken monkeys. And, you know, we really do a very, very good job with what God gives us. A church our size, this should be no problem. I want us to nail this thing so we can start doing these other things where we can start reaching out and touching people's lives. So that's what we're going to be pushing for on November 8th. Trust God. In your life, stretch a little bit. A hundred, three hundred, or five hundred dollars per adult. That's what we're looking for. Based on your ability. Okay? No one's going to be, you know, checking you at the door and saying, how much you got? I'm sorry, you're sitting in the back. You know, we're not going to do that to you. We're not going to have the five hundred dollar giving area and the three hundred dollar giving area and the hundred dollar giving area and asking if you smoke or non-smoking or any of those other things. Just come on, you guys. You say you love the church. Let's step up. Let's all do something. All right. Now, this week in our... Oh, by the way. Each campus, when our thing, you will be able to mark what campus you belong to. Okay, so the money can go to those campuses. Now, we talked two weeks ago when I was first talking about this, how the first fight in the church was how one group felt they weren't getting as much money as the other group. You know what I'm saying? So let's not go down that path. Remember, we're one church. Okay? But it will go to the individual campuses. But we're all supposed to be there for one another. And I don't want to hear any of this. Well, I don't want to give it your money because it might go to those you know, people down in the cafe. They, I don't like those people down there. You know, let's not talk like that. <laughs> all right? And I had to get on the Stevens Point campus. Here's some rumors of people over there making comments like, Oh, we're not giving because all the money goes to Green Bay. Hello? Don't be talking like that. And ironically, over the last year, all the other campuses have been helping. One campus, it's been Stevens Point. Because they've been having a hard time this last year. That's okay. We're all part of a family. But for us, I'll be helping you. And then I hear people over there whining because I don't want the money to go to Green Bay. Don't you think like that. And if you hear somebody talk like that, slap them. (laughs) I know who you are, by the way, they told me. You think I'm being mean, Jack? I'm being really nice not mentioning your name. Because that's that's kind of my thing, you know. Fresen, shrugger, fruller. Sheesh. Anyway. 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, says, Now, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. When you love money, I love money. I love money. Some people, Paul says, eager for money, have wandered from the faith. It'll pull you away from God. I'm telling you, money, if you love money, it'll pull you away from God. And pierce themselves with many griefs. You'll just end up with a bunch of grief. When you love money, you always about money, 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 money. You know, it's all about money all the time in your life. Stop! Now this week... As you do your devotional, you will see that the message is about freedom. 
Giving will get you to a place of freedom in your life because it will set you free. It'll set you free from fear and it'll set you free from worry. And if there's one thing that's got people locked up today, it's freaking out about money. Money, 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 money. Worrying about money. Now Jesus talked about this on many occasions. Again, most pastors don't like talking about it because we hate talking about money because we get criticized for talking about money. But we are not going to hold back. We're going to teach you the truth here, whether you like it or not. Now Jesus, in his famous sermon, his big sermon that he first gave it's called the sermon on the mount he was on this side of this mountain and he was preaching to these thousands of people this famous you know blessed are the poor and all that stuff well this is all part of the sermon on the mount we're going to pick up the part of it where he's talking about money and he says this and as recorded by matthew he says do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break into. How do you store up money in heaven? You can't take it with you. You store it up by giving. This is how. You get credited in heaven. You mean I actually get credit for what I give in here in heaven? Yep. Some of y'all going to be really bummed when you get up there and you got a really low checking account too. Seriously. So, you know, honestly, I mean, I'm not trying to make you feel, I don't mean, maybe I'm trying to make you feel bad. Oh, whatever it takes. But some, some of y'all, I'm telling people, some people are going to be in a shock on Judgment Day. They are in for the shock of your existence. You know, I am convinced Judgment Day is going to be like American Idol. You ever watch the beginning? I love American Idol in the beginning part. Yeah, that's the hilarious part. That's what these people are dumb as bricks. They cannot sing to save their lives. But they think they're cool and they're happening. And they're out there singing, yeah, 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 there's horrible. And then the judges go, ah, you're out of here. And they get mad. They get mad. You ever watch these people? They're psycho. They need to be medicated, these people. <laughs> what? I'm great. I'm going to be famous someday. These stupid guys have no idea. And they're just like, well, how delusional can you be? You mean you've never had one friend tell you, dude, you are awful. <laughs> they live in a state of self-delusion and apparently everybody around them is as dumb as they are. Oh man, you got a great boy. They really believe it. I'm telling you, that's judgment day. People are going to stand before God and God is going to look at them and go, ah, and they're going to get mad. Mad as hornets. So what are you talking about? How can you say that about me? I, I, rah, rah, rah. Remember two weeks ago we read that scripture where Jesus says on that day many will say to me. When did we see you hungry? When did we see you needing anything? I, I don't know what you're talking about. As he sends them to hell. He's going to say hey. When you didn't do this for. Do it here. You didn't do it to me. Whew, I'm telling you it's going to be a. And some are going to turn around and get you mad at their pastors and yell them. How come you didn't tell me? But you're not going to be able to do that to me. You look to me, I'm going to be going. Why is this important? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, Jesus said. You know, you can really tell people's hearts by looking at their checking account. So I love Jesus. I love God. Oh, do you really? Oh, I do, I do, I do. How much have you given in the last 10 years? $20. I don't think you love him as much as you think you do. So I don't have much money. You need to know something about giving. It's not just for people with money. In the Bible, even poor people 
We're instructed to give. Everybody's supposed to give something. Everybody's supposed to do something in accordance to your ability. Then he goes on, he says this. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. What? What? You're talking about money. What's that got to do with eyeballs? But he's still talking about money here. He says, if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, you're walking around in darkness. How great is that darkness? What he's talking about? He says, the light that enters your body that allows you to function and do everything you do. All of this comes through one little focus spot right here. And if that's gone, man, you're just in darkness. What he's pointing out is, says, man, you want God to bless your life? You want to succeed in life? Giving is a focus point in your life. You think, that's ah, no big deal. I don't have to worry about it. Ah, yeah, the preacher just wants money. I gave a dollar once. I'm good. This is, a, this is darkness in your life. This is one little point that nobody likes talking about. You need to talk about it. Verse 24, he goes on, he says, No one can serve two masters. Look, you'll either hate one or love the other. Or you'll be devoted, devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Why did Jesus say that? Because that's exactly what people think they can do. I serve God, but I'm going to love my money. I serve God. I, you know, I show up once in a while. You know, I go to church twice a year whether I need it or not. I love my money. I got to have my money. I got to have my money. You can tell people love money, man. You know, I've shared this with you before, but you know, I'm, last couple of years ago, I, I got a chance to meet Jim Baker, the uh, former big mega evangelist and stuff like that. Nice guy. I mean, he made some big mistakes. His big mistake was he fell into sexual sin, had an affair with some lady, destroyed his ministry. Then he got in trouble for misappropriation of funds and stuff like that. Every once in a while as I travel around the country, I'll have someone who'll get on me for being friends with Jim Baker. Why are you friends with Jim Baker? And I look at him and say, dude, what's the matter with you? He sins sexually. It's, it's not the end of the world. He repented and asked God to forgive him. He said, well, I don't care about that. It's the money. That's why everybody hates him, by the way. They don't give 10 cents about his sexual sin. The people who all hate him, it's all because of him. You better not be one of those people. Because of the money. It's all the money. So we can offend God. Who cares about offending God? You can sin sexually against God. Ah, who cares what God thinks? But don't you insult my money. I love my money. Money, <laughs> money, You offend people's money. Now you got something. Whoa, don't you touch the money. I can preach on anything, man. Preaching on money, that's when everybody looks at me like... <laughs> giving an offering is like giving birth. Some of you are already having contractions because I'm trying to get you to give a hundred bucks. What's that stuff they shoot people up with so they don't feel when you're giving birth? They give you what? Epidural. We need to come up with some epidurals on November 8th. We need, we, need, we need to find some anesthesiologists donate their time that morning. Hey, come on. Numb up some of you cats coming in church. Oh, 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 $300. Oh, oh. 
Good grief. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, about your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? You know, birds walking around going, I don't know what I'm going to do next Christmas. <laughs> Who are you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Some of you guys, you spend so much time worrying about stuff that never happens. Just worrying and fretting and worrying and fretting. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Boy, aren't you fun to be around. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Chill out. Freaking out and scared to death. That's a good thing about being poor. How many of y'all sometimes you were just as poor as you can be? Just You know what I'm talking about? We don't tend to worry about nothing. Why? Because we've been poor and we know you can still live. Come on. Peter butter and jelly can be just a glorious meal. <laughs> Come on. That government cheese tastes mighty fine when you're hungry. Cause all the poor people don't know what I'm talking about. They're laughing now. Yeah, I know that. We used to love that government cheese. Hallelujah. You're still going to live. You're not going to die for crying out loud. Worrying and freaking out. <laughs> and why do you worry about clothes? Look at your pastor. He don't care. <laughs> See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, really rich, wealthy Solomon, and all his splendor wasn't dressed as nice as one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry. Say, why do we go eat? Why do we go to drink? Why do we go to wear? For the pagans run after all these things. That's what pagans do. Don't be like the pagans. We're coming up on the annual running of the pagans now. So. The day after Thanksgiving is the annual running of the pagans. Well, they'll... <laughs> it's like the running of the bulls you know what I'm saying Man, either one of them you don't want to get in front of either one of those people either the bulls or the people on the next day after Thanksgiving they'll run you over run of the pagans gotta get that stuff <laughs> little chihuahuas <laughs> I think I swallowed a fly <laughs> A pagan's run after all these things. Don't be like a pagan. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. God isn't stupid. But he says what? Seek first his kingdom. Put God first in your life with your money. And all these things will be given to you as well. Why? Because when you give, you get free. Everybody say free. free. So we all need to get free for crying out loud. Fear will just bind you up. Fear will make you do stuff you're afraid to do. It'll just make you crazy. I hate being afraid. Just hate it. Remember when I first started to fly airplanes, I was scared to death. So why'd you do it? Because I, I was afraid. And I hate being afraid. You know, a lot of you people, some of you got, you got a list of things in your lives you wish you'd do, but you don't ever do it because you're afraid. I wish I could do this. I wish I could go scuba dive. I wish I could fly a plane. I wish I could do something. But I, I, I'm afraid. 
Well, you run with that. I refuse to live that way. Some of the stuff I do in my life, I do intentionally because it scares the wheelies out of me. I do it anyway. <laughs> used to be afraid. I hate fear. It just gets on you. It makes you a little crazy. <laughs> I told the first service. I remember some years ago when we first moved to Marshfield, Wisconsin. I went there to work with my brother Eddie at a church there. And uh, not a whole lot to do in Marshfield. And where I was looking at the movies, what's coming out for the movies. And they came out with this movie, you know, Twilight Zone, the movie. So let's go see Twilight Zone. I love Twilight because I used to love Twilight Zone when I was a kid. All the weird, you know, bizarre things. So we went to the movie. We're watching this thing. They got like these three different stories. And Anyway, the last story. The last story is this little boy. He's got all these powers. He can do anything he wants. And his brother or sister or something was making him mad watching cartoons. So he threw him into the cartoon. And the cartoon character was running around trying to kill him. And all of a sudden, because when I was a little boy, I used to have nightmares of cartoon characters trying to kill me. I did. I forgot all about it. But I'm watching this and all these latent fears come bubbling up inside of me. Now, I got to tell you, that really messes with your head because you're an adult man. You know Bugs Bunny ain't going to kill nobody. And your mind can say, this is insane. But your heart's going, ah, ah, ah. I came out of that movie just whoa, and everywhere I went was dee, 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 dee. got in the car and we drove out. We we're we we're staying in some farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere when we first got to Marshfield. And, you know it's dark and stuff and just dee, 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 finally got to bed and you're just laying there going, uh, 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 it's just a cartoon. <laughs> finally I fell asleep. About two o'clock in the morning the phone rings. <laughs> My eyes just get bigger saucers. So I'm going through the dark trying to find a stupid phone. I finally find the phone. And I go, hello? And on the other end of the phone, in the background, you could hear this guy going. And the person calling me goes, Pastor Mark? I said, Yes. So you need to come over right away. There's somebody over here and I think they're demon possessed. I'll be, I ain't going over there. I, I'm, I'm freaking out about Bugs Bunny. You think I'm going to go deal with a demon? So I did the only right thing. I said, here's my brother Eddie's phone number. I sent him over there. I ain't going over there. Freaking out. Fear. I hate being afraid. By the way, I got past it the next day. I was okay, so fear will rob you fear will suck the life out of you you're afraid of this afraid of that afraid of your money what's going to happen the way you get free Jesus said just give some of it away it's a step of faith I refuse to be afraid peace comes when that happens the Bible talks about peace that the world doesn't understand joy unspeakable <laughs> joy unspeakable have you ever been that happy you can't even talk how you doing? I'm That's joy unspeakable. You can't even say it. Man, hallelujah. That's the way I want to live life. Joy unspeakable. That's why I can't talk half the time. Mess up my words. I'm full of joy. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bless your life. He wants to bless you. I'm seriously, God just looks forward to blessing you. Jesus was constantly telling people, seriously, you guys, he wants to bless you. They just looked at it like, 
Huh? He was always trying to get it through people's heads. God looks at you and says, I just want to bust your socks off. Y'all be coming to church without socks. He's supposed to bless, he wants to bless, he wants to bless. And he looks at, what can I do to bless this person? But Jesus taught us this. Look at this, he says, give. And it will be given to you. See, that's God's heart. He wants to give it to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Check it out. What God is saying is the measuring stick, the cup that he will use to bless your life, you decide on. Man, I want a big old yo mama bucket. Are you hearing me? I want a big old yo. I don't want one of those tiny teaspoons. That's what you guys determine. He said, the measure you use is what God's going to use to bless you. You you give 30 cents once a year whether God needs it or not. Man, he can't find a spoon small enough for you. He's an eyedropper. There you go. I spit. <laughs> he'll just, he'll hock a loogie on you. <laughs> well, I want God to bless me. I want God to bless me. And I know, man, I know a lot of y'all pray this prayer because you tell me you're sinners. Oh, Lord, I pray God, Pastor, I'm telling pray, I pray God will bless me. Help me win the lottery. Because if I win the lottery, then I'm going to give to the church. <laughs> yeah. You think God hears that prayer? He doesn't hear that prayer at all. When you pray, oh God, help me win the lottery so I can give to the church. You know what he hears? Wah, 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 wah. What did he say? I think he said, wah, 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 wah. See, we pray, God, give me money so I can give. But Jesus says, give, and then you'll get the money. See, it's the other way around. You determine how much of a blessing, measuring stick do you want God using to bless your life? Man, I want a big one. I want God to bless me. You determine that by how generous you are. Look, people, we're not talking about loss. I can see it in some of your eyes. You're just freaking out me even talking about this. You're having birthing pains already. Just... I'm going to lose something. I'm going to lose something. I'm gonna... See, that's... You who think like that, you, you just honestly, you don't get this. And, and I, I feel bad for you. I, I, I fear that you're never going to get it. If your version of giving is loss, I'm going to lose. You, you'll never get this. Giving is the door to receiving into your life. Giving is the way you get. And it's not just in money, by the way. This is in every area of your life. You want friends? Be friendly. Some people say, Pastor, I got no friends. Well, I can't imagine why. <laughs> I don't like people. I don't like people. Mean to people all the time. Wait for it. You said waiting for people to be nice to you? You gotta be nice to them first. That's how you get friends. It's in every area of life. You want some love? How about you love somebody first? I, I, I can't do that once faster, could I? I got hurt. I got hurt once. I could never love again. I never just. <laughs> a way to live man it must bite to be you stop it you 
got to give first and then you get back. You got to love somebody that'll love you back. You got to be friendly to somebody you can get friendly back. You help somebody, that's when people start helping you. You want God to bless you financially, you need to start giving financially. Somebody say amen. amen. Presbyterian church this morning, y'all sitting there. Just... Wake up. All right, I'm done. Bring the ushers down. <laughs> get ready for communion here. The evil eyes. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. You see. He gave. When you give, you're being the most like God. Jesus told us we're supposed to be like our Father in heaven. You can really tell when someone's part of the family of God because they give. You know, we just had grandchildren, you know. When you have kids and grandkids and stuff, the big question is, you know, who's he look like? Who's he look like? Because they kind of look like you. They pattern themselves after you. They kind of sound like you. Family kind of sounds like family. People were saying to me last week, boy, it's weird. You weren't here, but Eddie sounds just like you. He's a lot uglier than me, but he sounds like me. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that, that's an ongoing debate in our family. God so loved the world, he gave. That's when you're the most like God, it's when you're giving. And people think about how ticked off and irritating this must be to God. Seriously, if you're really generous to someone and you really give them something and then they turn around and they're mean and nasty to other people, wouldn't that tick you off? Can you imagine what, what, what it was like for God to come here? I mean, can you imagine if you're Bill Gates and you got all the money in the world and you give it all up and go live in some inner city tenant building. Can you imagine the shock that has to be to your system? Well, can you imagine God? He leaves it all behind and he comes in the form of a little baby and his first breath that he takes is in a barn. His first inhale is the odor of caca. <sighs> Can you imagine that? What he gave for you and for me. And on that day that we're about to reflect on when he, his body was broken, his blood was shed. Vile, vile, filthy men slapping him, spitting on him, cursing at him, insulting him. The Bible says he at any moment could have snapped his fingers and 10,000 angels would have showed up and kicked butt and take names. But he didn't say a word. They beat him so badly, the Bible says you couldn't even recognize him. Force him to carry his own cross. Drove nails into his hands and his feet and stuck him up for the world to see. This was God. 
And his prayer was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You talk about giving. And then he turns to us and says, you also need to give. And we go, I don't want to give. There's one thing that marks a person of faith is they are giving in every area of their life. Why? Because once you get this, it changes you. Once you get and I'm not sure how many people today get it. To them, God is just a big Santa Claus. You know, God's do this for me. God, do that for me. He's all about me, 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 me. How come I don't get this? How come I don't get that? I don't think they get this. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have eternal life. Where are you at this morning? Have you received God's gift to you? In forgiveness of your sins? And I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads with me. In a word of prayer, all those of you watching by video this morning. And those in this campus as well. I want to pray a prayer together. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this with me. If you're here this morning and you've never really experienced God in your life. Pray this prayer with us. Open your heart. Let God's gift come into your life. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you love me so much. You went to the cross. And you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life. And to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender to you. Amen.